it's our favorite ho- our well, my favorite holidays coming up. Uh, Valentine's Day is that's really not my favorite. Um, don't forget about don't sleep on President's Day, dude. Yeah, President's Day is pretty sweet. Arbor Day though is actually my favorite. Yeah, dude, Arbor Day is uh, gonna be fire this yeah, year. Yeah, the Arboretum. I gotta go there. We're gonna get shit faced. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Valentine's Day. It's you know it's a it's a marketed holiday for people to spend money on flowers and, and chocolates. But uh, thanks, Hallmark. <laughs> I'll be I'll be spending it. Uh, you know, having a nice little nice little dinner and actually it's gonna be a Harry Potter themed dinner. It'll be fun. Um, but what about you? What are your plans? Well, uh, when, uh, let's see. Uh, Valentine's Day is on a Wednesday, right? Yeah, tomorrow. Okay. Uh, so Wednesday. So you know what? I'll probably have a nice wine. I'll mm. probably open up a nice red wine. Boone's Farm. Yeah, and uh, maybe I'll watch a movie. Maybe a nice romantic comedy. Ooh, uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Yeah, maybe something like Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Mm. And, uh, you know, just really cuddle up and just kind of, you know, love myself. Maybe I'll draw a bath uh, <laughs> and have some candles and read a book or something. Just really treat myself. You, you don't know? even have a ba- bath in your bathroom. <laughs> you I'll a, find a bath. You have a stand-up shower. I'll find a bath and I'll take one. Because, you know, it, it's really about self-love, Seth. Mm. That's what it is. I'm I'm my Valentine. Ooh. And I don't think that's pathetic at all. Um. Sure. Just keep saying that out loud and you'll eventually believe it. <laughs> the amount of time I spend saying out loud I'm not pathetic would would just would would amaze you. <laughs> I don't know. I think uh you know actually this is going to be a tangent. It just occurred to me I said stand up shower. Is there any other kind? I guess you could sit down in the shower. I do it sometimes when I cry. Yeah, you do. Ha- <laughs> you do have a seat in your shower, which makes it really nice for you know when that shower gets a little overwhelming or you just need to Rub one out. Yeah, you throw a leg up on there. It's actually a pretty good uh, solo sex position. That's and what, what I, I call it. What I meant by rub one out was you give yourself like a leg massage, not oh what yeah, you, of course, not like what you rub perverts. a knot out. Yeah, after a good workout. Yeah, you tight. perverts are. Yeah, you just got to release the. You know, you just got to release. I heard. I just from what I've seen and and not heard from everyone. Um, all our listeners listeners are perverts. So if you feel like that's an unwarranted claim. You need to either write into us or find additional listeners who aren't perverts. So, share your friend, tell your friends who aren't perverts to listen to us. As soon as I get evidence that we have even one listener who's not at least kind of a pervert, <laughs> then we'll change the material. But for right now, we're going to go to our target demographic. <laughs> Here, here's what you need to do: just walk up to your friend and say, "Hey, are you not a pervert?" And they're going to be like, "Yeah, I'm definitely not a pervert." And then you're going to be like, "Listen to the Soco Show." Yeah, okay, but what you should actually do is if your friend says, no, I'm not a pervert, you should unfriend them. (laughs) Or more accurately, you should test them. If they say they're not a pervert, say, hey, look at that huge dick over there. And if they turn and look, they're a pervert, and they (laughs) just lied to you, and they're not your friend. So are we going to steer into this and just just market towards perverts? I think so. Yeah. People who aren't perverts are boring to me. Yeah. And I don't mean, like, criminal perverts. That's obviously a different... That is not our target demographic. They're, They're... there are people who are perverted in a way that is illegal, and that ain't, co- and that ain't cool. <laughs> I don't know. I think if we market towards them, we can really get a core audience of, like, people who – we can at least find them pretty easily and market towards them. Yeah, that's what we want. And then we can get sponsored by binocular companies <laughs> <laughs> and car companies that make windowless vans. I, yeah, let's steer into it. Here's our tagline. This, the SoCo Show. Perverts are welcome. You know, I bet you, they, uh, I bet you they'd like to hear that. They're not welcome really anywhere. Yeah. Definitely not at the park. True, or schools. Anyway. Um, How did this start? <laughs> Weren't you telling me about the nice, sweet Valentine's Day plans you have? And now yeah. we're talking about sex offenders? Yep. So, 
it's a national uh, it's a natural uh transition from from valentine's day i guess it is yeah but that sounds like a cool plan doing yeah. a little uh you got the harry potter cookbook you're gonna do one of the meals out of there yeah doing some chicken and mashed turtles and it'll be good it'll be a good good night how, um, how is that uh related to hp um it's like herbie chicken herbie chicken something like that with i don't know yeah, apparently they had it at one of the the, the feasts that they have at the beginning of the year. Hmm. So, yeah, be tasty. We were going to do ice cream as well, but yeah, it would have taken too long. Are you going to do butterbeer? Nope. You know what you should do? Just drink rum. <laughs> That's what I do. Rum would be delicious in butterbeer. Yeah. Anyways. Well, all I know, if I've learned anything from Harry Potter, it's that after dinner, when you're getting ready to lay it down, make sure you swish and flick. Oh, my good God. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 31 of the SoCo Show. <laughs> 31, man. Yeah. That's a lot of eps. That is. Um, if you haven't figured out by now, I'm Seth Ott, your show host for... At least two more weeks. Two more weeks. And, uh, of course, the moron over there talking is the co-host. Oh! Co-host in the house. <laughs> Mo-host. This is going to be a good show. We gotta. <laughs> I'm the co-host with the most host. It is going to be a good show, I think. Uh, we get a lot of a lot of topics, uh, really well balanced. We're going to talk about all the four categories that we usually do. Um, some exciting stuff and some stuff that is uh, different, I guess, interesting. We're going to talk um, a lot of sports, a lot of uh, transactions going on in that realm. Uh, new video games dropping soon. We got some uh, movie news, some stuff we're really excited about. And in TV, a couple interesting concepts um, potentially in the works and um, some some new seasons of of, uh, of old favorites uh, coming in as well. So we'll get to all that in just a moment, but we got to start, as always, with our Chic Tweets. I call you a punk! So this week we got another kind of two-parter. Um, the first part of the tweet comes from world-famous, world-renowned, um, I would say quote-unquote, singer, songwriter, Taylor Swift. Ah, T-Sweezy, America's yeah. Sweetheart. She shared her Spotify pay- playlist because she loves doing that. Um, the playlist is called Songs Taylor Loves. Um, there's a bunch of random people on there. And she said, Songs I'm Loving Right Now, with, you know, like a little uh, music emoji things next to it. And this is where Iron Sheik comes in. And he says, No Rob Thomas, no respect. <laughs> what is it with him and Rob Thomas? Also... <laughs> This means that the Iron Sheik follows Taylor Swift on Twitter. That's true. And that is fantastic to me. But I have to agree. No Rob Thomas, no respect. This has been Sheik Tweets. Sports. No, damn it, I hit the wrong thing. (laughs) (laughs) Leave that in. I'm not going to. Okay, I'll leave. (laughs) I was so confident with my delivery. (laughs) This has been Sheik Tweets. Sports. Your reaction was so real, too. <laughs> I was horrified. It's like I forgot for a second that I can edit this. <laughs> and now I can't. We're live. Yeah, we are live. <laughs> okay, Jesus, let's get out of this segment. This has been Chic Tweets. I call you a punk. So we got some exciting news in the world of the podcast. Um, we got uh, a couple of new sponsors to talk about. Uh, one of them... Uh, they'll debut here probably in a couple weeks, maybe next week. Audible. We're going to be uh, doing some 
some uh, promotions with Audible. Uh, so look out for that if you use that service or wanted to get into that. We'll have some details. So have some deets in the coming weeks. Hella deets. And yeah, so that's going to be uh, actually next week. We're um, I think we're going to get like a promo code. So you'll be able to get like a month free of Audible. So that's going to be exciting. More details to come on episode 32. Turns out it's actually really easy to be sponsored by Audible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have so to have just lucky for at us. least 10 listeners and we have 11. So we're good. Yeah. So no one stop listening. <laughs> Audible is going to pull... Well, they're not even paying us, really. So yeah. it's anyway. More details to come on Audible, but that is we're we are excited about that because we're both big fans of Audible, and we'll talk about that a little bit more next week. But uh, yeah, the second guest, uh, the second commercial or sponsor. Um, well, he, there's a familiar familiar guest you'll hear on on this. We'll we'll uh, let the recording speak for itself, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll let that play. Hey guys, Lou Holtz here, and I want to talk to you about my favorite soft drink, Squirt. Some of you may ask, Lou. Why is Squirt your favorite over some of the other delicious sodas? Well, the answer is super simple. See, when I was just a young mensch, I would spend my summers sitting poolside, sipping on a refreshing Squirt. You could find me splashing away while singing my favorite piece of music, Same Old Song and Dance by Aerosmith. Ah, uh, such sweet memories. My friends would often suggest other sodas, such as Pepsi, and I would scoff at their advice. My school teachers would recommend Sprite, and I would scorn them for several days. My mother would serve me Snapple, and I would say, Get that shit out of my sight! Nothing quenches my thirst like an ice-cold squirt. Satisfy your cravings and pick one up today. Squirt, the best soda this side of the Mississippi. Oh my gosh, well, we definitely want to give a very special shout-out to our newest sponsor, Squirt. <laughs> we really appreciate, uh, really appreciate the support. From the nice folks over at Score and uh, Lou Holtz, our good friend Lou Holtz. Lou Holtz is back. He got himself an endorsement. Good for him. Yeah. I hope he's making good money on that one. It he should. Sounded be. like it was pretty difficult for him to get out. Yeah, they had to definitely get a mic or a yeah mic guard, one of those foam things you put over a probably, splash blast. Yeah, but it was probably soaked. It's it was soaked. It, it sounds like the uh, the the cast and crew around him probably had to wear ponchos. <laughs> probably. I, you know, after that last appearance on the show, I, I haven't. I haven't been a big fan of Lou Holtz. He's really calling us names, or me names especially. So He was really mean to you. Yeah, he's uh, being... I think you kind of deserved it, but he was also kind of being an asshole. I, I'm really excited to have him on. Maybe we'll get some fireworks on the show. Maybe some explosive <laughs> conversation between the two of you guys. Yeah, we'll see. Once once, uh, once March Madness comes around, we'll get him back on. But Yeah, I know I was... he's excited to predict all the games. He's been texting me, basically calling you a dickhead and saying that he knows who's going to win the tournament. So yeah. we'll see. All right, well, let's get into the show proper, and we're going to start with video games. Video games! Whoa! Oh, my gosh. So we have Crash Bandicoot, of course, as part of the sounder. He's one of our favorite classic PlayStation games. You may remember him getting a sort of a remastered re-release on PlayStation 4 last fall. And it sounds like another one of our childhood favorites is going to get the same treatment soon. Our childhood favorites? Well... You give him shit all one the time. One of us, one of us, and that being you, because I fucking hate him. I don't understand why you hate him. He's so wholesome and great. Spyro the Dragon, for those of you who, I mean, who doesn't know about Spyro the Dragon? Uh, he's going to be getting People an eight. taste. Oh, come on. That game is way more complex. Yeah, Spyro the Dragon, for, for those of you who who loved him like I did, will be getting an HD remaster of the first three games, which were Spyro the Dragon, uh, Spyro... Was it Rip, Ripto's Revenge? Was that number two? I think yeah. that was number two. And then number three is Spyro Year of the Dragon. All three games, instant classics, amazing, the More best. Like instant assics. Wow. Completely original. 
so yeah, I'm excited. I that one that one I de- will definitely pick up. And now that you've been ripping on Spyro, I'm definitely not going to pick up the Crash Bandicoot games. Well, I don't think that's fair at all. Well, you should not be as uh, as big of an asshole about it. My behavior shouldn't dictate whether or not you buy good games. Well, I buy good games all the time because uh, I own a PlayStation Four. So I would wager that all the games you have suck balls because <laughs> none of them are Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> And I will die on this hilltop because Crash Bandicoot is the best, and Spyro is a cheap imitation at best. Nah, Spyro, he just—he's not. He's, what? They're, he's not even close to an imitation. <laughs> one's a fucking Bandicoot or whatever the fuck he's supposed to be, and the other one's a dragon. What's a Bandicoot? A Bandicoot is a—it's a mammal. No, it's uh, not. It, it might be a marsupial, um, but they, I know it's a mammal. It's very it cute. They made it up. No, it's a real thing. It doesn't look anything like he does because yeah. he's one of a kind. And he wears fucking gloves, fingerless gloves. Yeah, because he rides a fucking motorcycle, Seth. If you had a motorcycle, you'd have fingerless gloves. I don't know. It looked to me like he was driving a cart in the game, so... Well, he also drove a cart. He drives a lot of shit, actually. He can't drive. He's a bandicoot. You Uh, don't see Spyro driving things. Spyro can fly in his own. Spyro's not smart enough to drive, and he can only fly for a few seconds because he doesn't know how to do that well, and he's built to do that. You suck. Yeah, I think I got this one once. Um, hey, folks, uh, maybe you can help us settle the debate. Take to uh, Twitter at Soko Show Pod. Uh, maybe send us an email at, uh, what's our email? Uh, Soko Show 91 <laughs> at gmail.com. Let us know who's right on this, Crash versus Spyro. Maybe we can post a poll and uh, see what people think. But I think I know where this is going to land uh, because I think most people out there in the world have taste, unlike my co-host, my so-host, I should say. No. All right, well, from that very uneventful and not important news, let's get over (laughs) to sports. Sports! And boom goes the dynamite. No, this, this, while Spyro is definitely eventful, this is even more eventful and important because the Cubs have another pitcher. This time they signed the Asian sensation Yu Darvish. And hold on to your pants. Hold on to your butts, everyone. Uh Uh-oh, hold on, give me a sec. All right. Hold on to your butts, everyone, because we have an additional Iron Sheik Tweet of the Week. Oh, no, we got another Sheik? Okay, here, Sheik Tweets. I call you a punk. The Iron Sheik says, You, Darvish, my intelligent Iranian brother, he make my friends the at Cubs proud, Bubba. He's not Iranian. Yeah, you, Darvish, is, he's Asian. <laughs> Wait, Iran doesn't count as Asian, does it? No, it's a Middle Eastern. Definitely not from Iran. No, he's he's one of the Asian countries. I know that. Well, get off the Sheik's back. He he knows enough about wrestling, and he loves the Cubs. He doesn't need to know geography. That's true. He's already got enough in my favor, and he hates Taylor Swift apparently. <laughs> Which is bogus. Clearly, has no taste in music. Yeah, he's or Japanese. Teams. He's Japanese. You, you Darvish or the, twe- or the Sheik? <laughs> you Darvish. <laughs> yeah, the Sheik doesn't really look Japanese. All right, this has been a bonus Sheik tweet of the week. I call you a punk. Okay, so the big news here is obviously you, Darvis, one of the most sought-after pitchers this offseason. What yeah. do you think this is going to mean for the Cubs? I mean, it definitely strengthens their pitching rotation even more. I mean, and their their pitching rotation is pretty old at this point. Um, and you, Darvish, is actually like 31, so it doesn't really make them that much younger. Uh, but it definitely strengthens it and continues to keep their you know world series window open so i like it it's it's definitely you know he's been he's he's kind of fallen short in the playoffs recently uh, which is kind of not not what the cubs need right now with with have i mean they 
their pitching has been their weakness in the playoffs. So hopefully he can, it won't all rely on him because he was overworked in the playoffs this year too, but hopefully it won't rely all on him and he'll be able to hold on strong throughout. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely a good move for their, through the season and again, keeps their window open. Is he coming in? Do they know where they're going to put him in the rotation? Is he the ace or what's the... I would assume he's the ace because um, I know like Lester had a, not a good year last year. Um, yeah, I think you will probably end up being the, the ace. Me? I'm not even a pitcher. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> Who's on first? You. I'm on first. No, you are. Go the fuck away. <laughs> you ever seen that old bit? It's no. actually hilarious. Okay, so the Cubs, what are people saying? Are they one of the NL favorites this year, or are anyone high on them, or just you? No, I mean, they're still, I mean, they they went somewhat deep in the playoffs last year, and they, you know, had one of the league's best records, and they are continuing. They, they're they not losing anyone, so they're, they'll still be up there, and obviously adding you, Darvish, makes them better, so... Yeah, they'll still be up there, um, whether or not they... I mean, the Dodgers are still a force to be reckoned with, of course. So L.A., baby, represent. <clears throat> so we'll see. I, I I I feel confident in their abilities to, to win games and at least get back in the postseason. That'll be good. It, I think baseball is better when the Cubs are good. I do. Um, even though I'm not a fan of the Cubs, and I am not a fan of people who claim to be Cubs fans uh, <laughs> starting in August, but um, in general, I do think it's a good thing. Cubs are one of those teams that should be good. Uh, it's always good for sports, so... Speaking of teams that should be good, let's talk about the, the Rams. <laughs> let's talk about the NBA for a little bit, and specifically the Cavaliers. Um, you may have heard of one of the players on the Cavaliers, Isaiah Thomas. And no, I'm kidding. Uh, of course, that's the team of LeBron James, Mo Williams. And it used to be the team of Isaiah Thomas and Dwayne Wade and Derrick Rose and Derrick Rose. But now all those guys are gone because the Cavs just blew their roster up with a bunch of trade deadline trades, changed their whole roster. They got some new players in there. They brought in some defense. And they're a whole new look team. And with their new look, they beat the brakes off the Celtics the other night. And a lot of people are saying that this is a sort of a renaissance mid-year and that the Cavs are the Eastern Conference favorites again. They're saying this gives them a chance against the Warriors. Are you a buyer at all in them having, well, for two things. First, are you a buyer that they're the best in the East again? And second, do you think they have a chance against the Warriors? I have no clue. <laughs> I I honestly don't have any clue because like the the players they they picked up, I they played they all played on teams that well, I mean, I guess a couple of them played on the Lakers, but again, like the Lakers haven't been popular in, in years now. And uh like some of the other players they picked up are like from the Jazz and the Grizzlies, I think. I don't know. I I barely pay attention to basketball anymore. And the players they got rid of, I know more than the players they got. So I have no clue. They sure they're they're the best team. They're 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 the best team in history. <laughs> well, they they brought in George Hill, who has been a really good. player. I actually have past. heard of him. Yeah. Um. They they retained uh, Tristan Thompson, who's a good talent. They brought in Jordan Clarkson. Uh, they kept Kyle Korver. They, they did bring in Jeff Green, who is a little older but still a nice piece. So I think what they have now is more role players. Yeah. And I think that they are going to accent LeBron better than, you know, they had all the star power before. Mm-hmm. And it was the aging star power at that. So I think that this does make them better. It does make it does put more of the pressure on LeBron, I think, at this point, because he's going to have to be really good and he won't be able to offload much of the scoring. Um, but I think that this does make them more well balanced. I think that it. I think that they're once again my favorite in the East. 
I do not think this elevates them to the level of even contending with the Warriors. I don't really think anything could do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, five of the best ten players in basketball belong to the <laughs> Warriors right now. So I don't think anyone's going to touch them. But I do like this move for the Cavs and for LeBron specifically. Because it's, just like the Cubs being good is good for baseball, LeBron being good is good for basketball. Is uh, Kevin Love done for the season? Because I know he got hurt. Yeah, I think he I think he is, at least for the regular season. I think he, maybe if they go deep, he could come back. But I don't know. I haven't heard anything lately about that. Okay. But he's pretty much worthless anyway. <laughs> it seems like everything I've heard lately is that he should retire and he's not very good. But every time someone says that, he scores 35 in a playoff game. So it's really hard to, <laughs> it's really hard to say with Kevin Love. I don't know. But I'm excited. I, I don't pay much attention to NBA in the regular season, but it is getting close to postseason time, and I always, I always get up for that and try to watch the, the uh, playoff games. So... It's getting to be about that time, and now that the trade deadline has passed, you know, the uh, playoff picture is going to start taking shape. Go Nets! So let's flip to football, and I... I I thought football was over. It is over, but it also just started, because (laughs) uh, signings and trades and stuff, um, well, trades can't happen yet, but uh, signings have started. Yeah, well, yeah, teams can re-sign players that aren't restricted, or unrestricted. Right. They can resign restricted free agents and then the guys they want to give extensions to. And one of those guys that just got an extension just became the new highest paid player in NFL history. And it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. Uh, I would Freaky say, fast. I would say seven out of ten football fans have never heard of Jimmy Garoppolo in their <laughs> lives. But he most famously was a backup to Tom Brady in New England. He was traded to San Francisco this year and won five games. Um, he won the last five games of the season as a starter, and they just signed him to a long-term contract. I think it's like five years, 140 million or something like that. Yeah, it's just it's crazy numbers. He's the highest-played player in football, not only now but ever. Crazy money. And I don't know what to make of this. What are your What are your thoughts on Jimmy G getting paid out the ass? I mean, he's a quarterback, and it's it's about what you've done for me lately. Mm-hmm. And lately was the last five six games of the season he played. And he was, I think he had comeback wins in almost all those games. And he he did play very well. He played very, very well. Now, I agree. Um, I don't think that that play warrants that type of money. <laughs> but he is someone that I know a lot of like scouts and experts view as like the next great type of guy. And he would have gotten that, paid that money somewhere else, mm-hmm. i.e. the Browns. And so I think they needed to do it because I I do think like I think that money will pay off down the road, probably not next season, but I think it will pay off down the road. Um, But that's the thing is it's an I think type thing. Um, If you if that money was paid to a guy like Kirk Cousins, who has had a proven track record of of winning and, you know, having good stats and and leading and things like that, that's more accepted and warranted. Mm hmm. Um, and now Kirk Cousins is going to get paid more than that, likely. But um, I think that that will end up paying off for the the Niners down the road. That's yeah, my opinion. They're really paying for blue sky here, and that's really tough to do. I do I do admire their willingness to commit, though. I mean, a lot of teams don't really show that. I like Garoppolo. Um, he was five and zero with the Niners last year. Which one was the last time you heard five and zero and Niners in the same sentence? Yeah. Um, not only that, but he was 2-0 and as a starter for the Patriots. So he's now 7-0, and which I think is a record. I know that he 
when he was 5-0, and he was one of only three NFL quarterbacks ever to do that, to be 5-0 and in his first five starts. Mm-hmm. And now he's 7-0. and So I think he might have the longest undefeated record for a quarterback ever. And, he, you know, the Niners, I know you said it before the playoffs started, they're the hottest team in football mm-hmm. right now, other than maybe uh, the Eagles. But, you know, who knows? But a lot of people are saying... Niners potentially a uh, a long shot playoff pick for next season. Yeah, I don't know if I'm a buyer in that, but I do <laughs> think I do think in the next five years you'll see them back in the playoffs. Oh yeah, if they can build a team around Garoppolo, and I for one am really excited to see a good Niners team um, compete with the Rams for that division. I'm really excited to see that rivalry kind of you know with high stakes for once. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know if the Rams are the team that'll compete. Like maybe the Cardinals. Uh, the Rams, I just don't see much. Much competitive. I'm gonna come the fuck over there. <laughs> Jimmy G gets paid like crazy. Of course, you did mention this means that Kirk Cousins will probably be the next highest paid player ever in football. He's kind of the most sought after quarterback right now. Uh, teams looking for Cousins right now. I think it's uh, Arizona, Minnesota, uh, Cleveland, mm-hmm. and New York. Are those kind of the, the Jets? Top four? Yeah. Yeah. So any uh, now I know who you want him to go to. Have you heard anything <laughs> in terms of where it's most likely? No, it's it's still too early. Mm. Free agency starts exactly a month from now. Uh, for reco- no, not them tomorrow. We're recording on the thirteenth. Starts on March fourteenth at like four p.m. So we'll get uh, we'll we'll get uh, some pretty crazy news. I think between now and then, and on especially on that day. So it'll it'll be fun. I always enjoy free, the start of free agency. Oh yeah, it's always uh, it, super exciting. Seeing where where people go, um, yeah, he's he's going to be a, a notable guy. He's going to probably go to the highest bidder. Um, right now, I think the Browns have the highest salary cap, so we'll see what happens. Uh, it'll be be really interesting. He's a guy, and then like you got a guy like Le'Veon who may or may not be franchise tagged, and he's going to warrant probably the highest running back contract of all time. So we may see the two highest paid players at the running back quarterback position this year. That's going to be crazy. And I think in today's NFL, you got to do it that way. Yep. You know, guys that produce like them, I think that's where you got to put the money. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not in receivers. I don't think receivers should be making that much money, but that's just my opinion. I say pay the linemen and pay the quarterbacks. Pay the running backs if you have to. But, um, yeah, I think I think overall, I think I give this move, it's a, a nod, a, a thumbs up. I approve of the move for the Niners. I think, would you say the same? Yeah, I, I do. I think it'll it'll pay off in the long run. Yeah, I think so too. Uh-huh. High hopes for Jimmy G. And I think a part of this has to do with it's San Francisco, which is a big market. You need like a face, mm-hmm. right, for your for your your franchise. And I think he can be that. Yeah, I think cause... he plays well enough. He's a, I mean, he's a good-looking young dude. Let's let's say the obvious here. And I think that the Niners, I think a lot of this is his play, yes, but I'm sure just as uh, also, a part of it is now we have a guy we can put on posters. Yep, because yeah, the last the last quarterback they had was Colin Kaepernick. We all know how that went. So. Yeah, he wasn't exactly getting on posters. Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> well, he was. Uh, he was getting memes. I suppose. <laughs> One other piece, not not football player related news, but coaching related news. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to see the the whole debacle with Josh McDaniels as the coach of the the Colts for for I a heard second. A little bit about this. Yes, yeah, yeah, so, it sounded crazy. Yeah, the Colts announced uh, on like Twitter and all their social media, social media and everything that Josh McDaniels was going to be their coach, and he had agreement in principle to be their coach. Uh, nothing ever signed officially or anything like that. Um, but turns out that apparently the the rumor is that Robert Kraft hates the Colts. Robert to, Kraft, the Patriots owner. Yeah, the Patriots owner hates the Colts to no end. Um, he 
because of the whole deflate gate thing. They were the team that was involved with that and pushed really hard on that and eventually got those findings. Um, they, uh, they won't do business, um, at least in, if the Patriots don't feel like they, you know, want to, I guess they did have that trade with Philip Dorsett and all that this year, but, and J- Jacoby Brissett, but, um, in, in this case, they didn't want to lose Josh McDaniels, who they have always viewed as, as one of the best offensive minds in football. So they, Robert Kraft paid McDaniels basically head coach money from what the sounds of it to stay as a coordinator there. So the Colts couldn't have him. So. <laughs> And this was after he had he had actually agreed. He agreed in principle, but never and then signed. They just it. chucked a truckload of money at him and got yeah. him to stay. Yeah, he agreed in principle, never signed it, and so there was kind of a funny thing. They ended up signing their their head coach, who thinks Frank. He's the OC, Frank. Frank Reich. Yeah, he's the OC in in Philadelphia, and uh, so they they kind of had a little joke where on Twitter there was like, "Okay, it's official," and they had like him signing the papers. <laughs> uh, so that was pretty funny, but. I like I like the Reich signing for them. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he knows how to get around the Patriots' defense, as was evidenced in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Colts and Patriots, as much as they're not competitive right now, um, it is a rivalry. So, yeah, if, if they can get to the playoffs, you know, you got luck back next season. Um, could be could be good things for that offense at least yeah. um, with Reich in there. I think the I think McDaniel's is the big winner here. He's going to get paid more money to do less work now. Yeah. And, um, you know, when the day does come that there's a head coaching job that he actually is able to take, uh, he, he's going to be more expensive now, too. So I, yeah. think he, I think he's the winner here. I really do. I, I it'll be interesting. Like he'll, he'll need to keep up the keep up the, the winning and the offensive sure. prowess that the team has had um, because his his first shot at head coaching was not a big success. Um, it was fine, but it wasn't a big success. Yeah. So. And I don't know. It, it wasn't. You're right. I also think that there was nobody on that team that was worth a damn. Like, and he ended up in a position where Tim Tebow was his starting quarterback. Yeah, and that's kind of getting set up for failure. And he was a really young guy. I guess I don't. I think that he has had a renaissance in his second stint with yeah, the I Patriots. Agree. And I think, but you're right though. There is sort of that blemish. Um, but I think that he's well on his way, if not past, proving himself worthy at this. Yeah, point. I mean, it's kind of the same situation with like Pat Shermer, who got hired away from Minnesota. He, he mm-hmm. was a head. He was a head coach at the Browns for a bit. And then he worked his way back up from quarterback coach to OC to now head coach uh, in a short period of time. Sounds like kind of now with uh, the Vikings sign the the quarterback coach from the Eagles. He's the he's the OC That's right. uh, with with Minnesota. And from what I've been reading, they don't expect him to be there more than one season. He'll probably be a, he was already sounds like he was being looked at as a head coach this year potentially. Um, but there's a lot of fill you know spots filled. So uh, probably next year, it sounds like he'll end up being a head coach, depending on how he does. So, yeah, well, they better a- get the right quarterback in there to sling it around while uh, while they have him. Kirk that Cousins, could be baby. really exciting for if he runs an offense similar to what he did in Philly last year. That could mm-hmm. be a really exciting Viking yeah. offense because he he has he'll have full reign. Zimmer doesn't touch that offense, so um, yeah, he'll have full reign of it, and it'll be fun. We'll see what happens. Exciting stuff in the works. Obviously, we're going to cover all the NFL free agency and coaching moves as they unfold, so uh, stick with the sports section for all of that. But for now, we got to move on. Let's get to TV. That's what she said. TV. I don't, I, I don't know that if it's TV news or movie news. We went back and forth about it uh, for a little bit. but <laughs> it, it does blows. Really, we came to blows about it. Yeah, we had a big fight. Seth has two black eyes, and I look fine. <laughs> um, the, 
uh, well, his new comedy special from one of the legends of stand-up comedy, and it's going to be on Netflix. Yeah, Bobcat Coldthwaite is going to have his own <laughs> his own comedy special on Netflix. No, uh, Chris Rock, who is uh, he hasn't had a comedy special in a bit. I don't Did think. Did you say has Rock? He? Who's who? Has he been in anything I would have seen? No, I'm <laughs> kidding. Chris Rock is obviously the fucking best ever. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, the, he, he's his a surprise drop on Netflix. Uh, they, I, the special has been made for a bit now, and and there had been talks about it coming out, but yeah, kind of a surprise drop like they did with Cloverfield, uh, which we know how that went. I hope it's better than Cloverfield. <laughs> Holy shit. But uh, no, so it'll uh, that'll be dropping on Valentine's Day, so that'll be cool. Uh, that was also directed by Bo Burnham. Who is very exciting? He's been he directed um, he directed an HBO special. I know you watched it. I can't remember who it was, um, and I remember you saying it was funny. But um, and then he also directed a movie at Sundance. Um, I think it's called like Eighth Grade or something like that, um, which got the best reviews out of anything at Sundance. Uh, he wrote and directed that, so he's been doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes, which is cool. He's he's a pretty creative dude. So yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, exciting stuff for Bo Burnham and and for Chris Rock. I think. For the longest time, I've been wanting to see a new Chris Rock special. I The last time that I think a new special came out, I was too young to really appreciate Chris Rock. And I've seen some of his old stuff now, and I love it. And I think a lot of people are going to dig this. Um, it's going to be interesting, though. You know, these guys get a little bit older. They get families and stuff, and the style of comedy changes. So it's going to be weird to kind of see what his, uh, you know, what his dealing is like now. But... Uh, yeah, by the time this episode comes out, that'll be available on Netflix, so uh, people should go and check that out for sure. We had a hell of a time last week trying to talk about uh, the latest show that you've been watching on HBO specifically, and uh, the news here is that uh, that show is gonna is gonna keep going. There's gonna be a season two. The Deuce two. <laughs> the Deuce number two. Number two Deuce. Hashtag Corner Cuties. So yes, the uh, the Deuce will have a season two, and James Franco has confirmed he will return. Which, I mean, <laughs> duh. Um, I know there's the whole allegation thing, but he's I mean he's he's he plays two fucking characters in that show. There's no way he's not coming back to it. So, um, yeah, he'll be back for season two. The whole thing was about the allegations against him, why he may or may not come back, and he's been getting less work. And a lot of people say that's why he wasn't nominated for the Oscars and all that stuff. But anyway. So, yeah, he will be coming back. Uh, the way it ended, it I mean, it, it could or could not. I mean, it's not like they didn't end it in a way that was resistant to a season two. Mm-hmm. They also didn't be like, hey, season two is coming. Yeah, so. sure. Now, I know you were a little underwhelmed. Um, and by the way, if you haven't heard uh, Seth's review of The Deuce from the TV Corner, make sure you check out episode 30. Uh, he yeah. talked about that last week. And it sounded like, though, you were a little underwhelmed. Are you going to go back to season two? Or are you going to keep up with this one? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've gone back to all the CW shows multiple times, so I might as well go back to this. <laughs> That's a very good point. <laughs> well, I am uh, very excited about this next piece of news because it combines so many things that I love. Um, one of my favorite movie, uh, I guess it's a series because there's two of them, is Kick-Ass. And Kick-Ass, of course, is based on a comic book, and it's just about a kid who just decides he's a superhero now and gets a costume and doesn't have any powers. And he just decides that he's a superhero now, and it's about what happens. And... Kick-Ass, as a comic book, was recently sort of rebooted. And instead of having a white male lead character, Kick-Ass was redrawn as an African-American woman character. And what's exciting about that is... Well, what's exciting about all of this, really, is that Mark Millar, who's the creator of Kick-Ass, who wrote the comic book, 
is now working on a kick-ass TV show, um, which I think could be interesting. And Tessa Thompson, who you may know as Valkyrie in the latest Thor movies, uh, or latest Thor movie, she was the star of Dear White People, uh, the movie, not the Netflix series. Um, and just You're all confusing around, me. All around fantastic. Tessa Thompson is uh, very interested in playing the lead in that, which would be fucking amazing. I would love that. And uh, I think it'd be a good fit, too, because she, she can kind of do the cussing, and I think she's shown a little bit of act, uh, action abilities in Thor. So I think this is a good fit and something I'm definitely going to try to watch. Oh, I, I don't want to watch it. It sucks. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I'll definitely see that. Uh, my question is, like, because Chloe, what's her fucking name? Chloe, Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah, I always get it mixed up with, I always say Carrie, because she played fucking Carrie. She's so iconic as Hit Girl, and... I, it, it'll be interesting to see who they cast as a hit girl if they're doing a hit girl in the new one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know if they are. I I haven't read any of the new any of the new books with the different with the female lead, so I don't know if there even is a hit girl or if it's a different type of thing. But you are right that that'd be a weird if it was the same character done and the same way and Nick Cage actors. screaming out of the top of his lungs. Take cover, child. <laughs> so we'll see what now happens. Switch to the night. <laughs> <sighs> Nick Cage. Do you think Kick-Ass is going to work as a series? Yeah, I think it'll work better. You can, I mean, I mean, I would say that about anything, honestly. <laughs> I think TV shows are way more rich and can delve into to things way, way, in a more effective way. Like, especially with like comic books and, and action. No, I guess not action. I think it's better served for movies usually, but like, comic books, superhero things, um, anything with a lot of substance to it like that, I think works way better as a series. So I think it'll be cool. I'm really excited. I think you can get kind of a whole first season origin kind of build to a single big bad. And then from there, you can really blow it up and go into several different, you know, kind of uh, villains. It can be relatively episodic, maybe with some overarching, um, you know, story arcs. I, I do. I think Kick-Ass really does set itself up well to be done as a series. And as long as Mark Millar is still involved, then mm-hmm. I then they should do everything because everything well, yeah. he touches has been great to me so far. Well, yeah, because, I mean, that's part of it, too, is that he is talking about this series before the book is even out. So mm-hmm. he, he's really excited to really did more to do this, this series, it sounds like, than it is the book. Um, what, the other thing I think is cool about it, too, is that it allows for, instead of them doing a movie and doing a series, it allows for them to live separately as opposed to being kind of compared to each other. Sure. Which that happens so many times when it comes to like... Spider-Mans? Yeah, Spider-Mans, Batmans, all that stuff, even though there's really not much comparing Batmans. But, um, yeah. Gilmore was best. (laughs) So it it allows for... It it allows for them to live separately and people to compare them in different ways as opposed to being like, oh, this movie is better than that movie. You can kind of analyze. Because the movies, I thought, were really good. Um, Second one less so than the first one. But... It allows people to to not compare them as movies, but as kind of the material uh, involved with it. And, you know, whether you like this kick-ass better than that one as opposed to, well, this movie is better than that one. So. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be really cool. I really, really hope. Now, this hasn't been, uh, I don't think it's greenlit. There's no, no, no one owns it yet or anything mm. like that. But Well, he has the exclusive deal with Netflix, so it would be on Netflix. Oh, it would be, I guess. Yeah, yeah I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Oh, if it's on Netflix, then fucking sweet. Yeah, it, it's... They it, can do all the action and yeah. gore and shit that, and, and cussing that they want. Okay, now I'm really excited for this. Yeah. And Netflix will definitely do it. 
Yeah. They, of course, they've already got the agreement, and they do anything. They fucking put out Cloverfield. It was just an unfinished movie, but for crying out loud. Yeah. So, no, it, it would definitely be on Netflix because of that Millar World thing. Um, also, too, like, what we know about the character so far is that she's, like, an ex-military person, so she is a badass. Mm-hmm. Like, she's going to be able to kick ass, so you know it's going to be brutal. I, I hope it has, like, a, almost like a Punisher-type vibe in that way. It very well could. It very well could. I hope they keep enough of the comedy, though. That What I kept going back to kick – I've probably seen Kick-Ass a dozen times, and I keep going back for the humor. The action is great, but – uh, the humor, I think, is what Millar does super well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he obviously also, uh, Kingsman is something he created too. Mm-hmm. So that action of comedy and or that mixing of action and comedy <laughs> is is really well done by him. So mm-hmm. I think this is going to be amazing. It's something I'm really, really looking forward to. That's all for TV. So let's get over to movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. We draw ever closer to the Oscars. Uh, of course, we are going to be making picks and competing with each other with high stakes. Um, if I win, Seth will watch and review The Matrix for the show. If Seth wins, I will stop calling him the so host. And so we're really excited for that. So make sure you check out and come back next week. That's when we're going to be making, uh, you know, two weeks. Yeah. So in a couple weeks, we're going to be making our picks for Oscar movies, uh, but for the time being, uh, Seth, I know you made it to an Oscar movie that you're going to review in a bit, um, but before we get into that... I, I actually have a little bit of breaking news for you. Oh, breaking news. The... Break yourself, fool! And that's when you break! Tight. This comes to us in the world of horror movies, and it's a movie I know you're very excited for. Uh-oh. Um, but... Not the best news. This is this is brought to you by the In Schneider, Jeff Snyder. The Conjuring spinoff, The Nun, is now being delayed, no. being pushed back. So it's going to be put in the September seventh date on on September seventh, which um, famously was the it slot last year was the post Labor Day. So uh. they're kind of hope. I think they're just kind of hoping for uh, that same crowd to come through. So um, yeah, that'll be pushed back a little bit for for the the Nun. I know you're excited about that one. Yeah, I am. The Conjuring does does horror well. They're one of the few franchises lately, and some of the few horror movies lately that I think do that are still doing creative and interesting scares, and actually making good movies that aren't just wait for a jump scare, a little bit of plot, wait for a jump scare. So I am excited about the Nun, and I think she's fucking terrifying. And I guess I'm okay with just waiting a couple extra months to see her. Yeah, and I'll give them time to to work on it. And I, I know I'm a little disappointed to uh, have to wait on the the ex- explanation of it <laughs> but no it'll be good I, I'm, I'm excited to hear about that one because the what was the last one annabelle creation or whatever annabelle creation was yeah. that was actually really that's probably my favorite horror from last season yeah uh, so, if, unless you can't get out uh, or it oh yeah it was good too yeah uh, so, last year was a good year for horror yeah so i that was a fun one to have you describe so I, i'm excited to to hear the nun when that comes out september 7th awesome well that was a really good piece of breaking news break yourself fool and that's when you All right, so back to what we have for today. Let's just jump into the couple pieces of news I have, and then we'll get to a review uh, from Seth. <laughs> One of the movies that we're really excited about is, of course, Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, I know they had the big Super Bowl commercial drop, and, and we talked about that a couple weeks ago. But I have a bit of really cool Mission Impossible news uh, to share. Uh, I was just reading about sort of uh, production and you know you always hear about 
Tom Cruise and his crazy ass stunts that he does. You know how he actually climbed on the outside of the Burj Khalifa for Ghost Protocol. Um, it was I big that, news. I thought that was called the Wiz Khalifa. Oh my god! <laughs> Guess what color it is? <laughs> Black okay. and yellow. Yeah, of course. He famously broke his ankle uh, filming this Fallout movie a few months back, and they had to kind of delay filming. So uh, Tom Cruise, obviously no stranger to really going for the realism and doing everything for his role, as evidenced by this piece of news here. Um, apparently, and I haven't seen the trailer, but apparently there's a pretty sweet sequence where Tom Cruise is flying a helicopter, and he does some pretty awesome maneuvering and ends up, I think, crashing the helicopter. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen this, but that's how it was explained to me. Anyway, the news is, apparently, Tom Cruise actually learned to fly helicopters. And he is literally flying those helicopters in that way, in those <laughs> shots. They just filmed it. It's not, Apparently, nearly all of it is real and not CG. And including the part where he, he crashes... What they did was they put Tom Cruise in a helicopter with a camera. He ran the camera and flew the helicopter and then crashed it on purpose to get the shot. Is that not the sickest fucking thing you've ever heard of? Hey, man, some actors are pretty method. Like Daniel Day-Lewis learned how to sew clothes. Tom Cruise learns how to crash helicopters. Yeah, those are like so the same. They are. Tom Cruise is definitely on the level of Daniel Day-Lewis. Do you know how many times Daniel Day-Lewis pricked his finger while learning to sew? (laughs) He's tough as nails, dude. He'll go through anything for a Yeah. Long. He really he, will. He did that, and Tom Cruise jumped off of a building and broke his leg. So, I mean, they're pretty much the same thing. Probably the probably the two best working actors of, of our time, I would say. Yeah. That and maybe, like, Dax Shepard. <laughs> Dax Shepard. <laughs> Look, all I know is this makes me even more excited for Mission Impossible on the one hand. And also, I just so appreciate Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Because at least with Mission Impossible, he gives a shit. And yeah. he he really wants these to come out well. And he's willing to do everything and, and risk bodily injury <laughs> to make sure that these are good movies. And I so appreciate that. Because, it you know, it, it you know he gives a damn. And, and I, I like that a lot. Especially for a franchise that I've grown to love so much. And, and now also, you know... In, in say, for example, in, in um, Rogue Nation, where he's hanging on the side of the plane, and before that movie, they released all the vignettes and, and explained to you how he really actually literally did that. And it makes that scene in the movie so much more exciting to know that it was real. Mm-hmm. And I think now we're going to have that scene to enjoy even more than we would have um, in Fallout. Yeah, and and we also get to see the scene in the movie, and also we get to, you can see it in the trailer that there's a, literally a scene where you see him break his leg like you can actually slow it down and he broke his leg jumping off a building where they had to shut down production for how many weeks Mm -hmm. um yeah that's in the trailer so that's pretty that's that's pretty sweet yeah tom cruise is the fucking best yeah now i'm not you young actors out there i'm not telling you you should go start breaking your legs or anything like that because well for one thing you can't ever hope to be tom cruise but i honestly like as I'm, I'm as excited, if not more excited, for this one as I was for Rogue Nation. And you know how that looked. Yeah, we get it. You have a giant boner for Tom Cruise. It's cool. <laughs> I'm not even going to hide it. We're going to talk about him every week until that comes out. Jesus. And then for 10 weeks after. The Tom Cruise cast. <laughs> another another franchise that, I don't want to say gets me aroused, but I, I am a rather, a, a rather big fan of it. And, and that's Star Wars. Of course, you've heard us talk at length about Star Wars. And... One of the new pieces of news that just came out is that there's another Star Wars trilogy in the works. 
Now, what you're what you may be saying is, Cody, you already talked about this. Um, Ryan Johnson is going to direct it and the whole thing. That is still happening, but this is another Star Wars trilogy, and it's going to be headed up by the showrunners from Game of Thrones. So they're going to do, I guess, three movies also set in the Star Wars universe, also away from the events of the Skywalker saga and away from the events of the Ryan Johnson trilogy that's going to come out. So there's a whole entire new trilogy run by the Game of Thrones people. Mm-hmm. This That's weird, right? Yeah, I like mean... On the one hand, I want to be really excited, but th- that seems weird, like yeah. a weird choice. I don't really care that much. I feel like it's going to get overloaded. It's going to it's going to end up being like the Marvel thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Where like and I, I get excited excited about certain Marvel movies of course, like Black Panther um and Avengers, but like I, I just think it's going to I think it's going to eventually wear itself out cuz like how many just like how, the thing about Star Wars that was cool was that it wasn't like an all the time thing. It was like once a year, you Ooh, know. And then we waited 30 years to see mm-hmm. the one. And now it's going to end up, they're going to have to do multiple times, multiple a year. And, and it's just going to, I think it's going to eat itself out. <laughs> Gross. Um, it's going to wear itself <laughs> out. <laughs> um, the rumors are though, that this will be probably like a Knights of the Old Republic or Old Republic related, which I know that. People that was, have been clamoring for that story. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, people had that same rumor around Ryan Johnson's, you know, trilogy, but then I think he kind of shot that down. So. We'll see. I mean, Game of Thrones is not something I've checked out yet. I, I've been kind of toying with the idea of watching that recently, and so I know people have giant. You you say that you get you you don't necessarily get aroused for Star Wars. People get fucking just giant boners for well, Game of Thrones. Because Clark's naked about half the time. Yeah, that, that would that would do it for me. And there's all kinds of dragons and pillaging and whatever. Um, you clearly haven't watched the show. <laughs> There's no pillaging? No, I'm pretty sure those things are in it, but that's like a list that you would say if you've never seen it. Yeah, I don't give a shit. It's like, oh, I bet there's games and <laughs> and thrones. Yeah, dragons, <laughs> boobs. That's that's what I've heard. That sounds good. Let's stop. I want to go watch this now. Yeah, I'm, it sounds like you already have a libido going for your fucking from Star Wars. So you might as well go masturbate to Game of Thrones. No, don't worry. I am 100% flaccid right now. Are you? Yep. Good to know. <laughs> So you did. Uh, you brought up Marvel, and uh, obviously, you know the superhero. Did movies. I? <laughs> yeah, you mentioned it because of oversaturation. Oh, okay. Yeah, just like with uh, <laughs> uh, speaking of erections, let's talk about superheroes. <laughs> no, that's what you should have said. So, in the superhero realm, uh, we've had a lot of trailers dropping lately, and we've I think we've talked about most of them. But the one that has dropped since we last recorded has been Venom. Uh, of course, that one's going to star Tom Hardy. And they got a new trailer for that one. Seth, what did you think? Yeah, so it uh, it's a trailer, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's 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 a teaser. I mean, it's it's not really even a trailer. It has it's it's if I could describe it in one sentence, it's Tom Hardy screaming. That's about it. <laughs> That's all he does. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really give you much of a story. Uh, you see the symbiote suit. Not the suit. You just see the symbiote. You don't see him in the suit at all, which is the big complaint. Um, and he he kind of rambles on about some some things happening. I don't know. I didn't really pay that much attention to him because he was just screaming the entire time. Um, and there's some some action shots. You get a shot of Michelle Williams looking shocked, uh, mostly because she couldn't believe how bad her performance was in all the money in the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, it really wasn't that bad. It was fine. So yeah, I mean, it's it again. It's a teaser, and and it. It's it's 
from what it seems like, it's, they're they're kind of just trying to get people who don't know Venom kind of into this and interested in because it's it's really being marketed more of as, as kind of a thriller horror type movie, sure. uh, as opposed to you know here's your Marvel you know geeks coming out being like yeah oh my god it's the suit which we saw in a terrible Spider Man three movie hey <laughs> that movie is fine yeah sure I'm excited for this Venom I think I, I think it has a chance. To really kind of be a genre crossover, right? Yeah. So kind of a thriller meets superhero movie rather than superhero movie that is scary. So I'm excited. Obviously, we've heard the rumors around maybe Spider-Man appears in this and and all of these other things. So this is one that's definitely on my radar. I am kind of cautiously optimistic mm-hmm. about this one. I, from what I've heard, it's kind of, you know, not everyone is excited for it. Did the trailer change your opinion about it at all going in? No, I mean, I'm still the same. I'm excited for it, um, but it, it didn't really do anything to <laughs> to arouse me like you like Star Wars does for you. Yeah, I'm interested. I, I want to see more. It doesn't come out till October, though, and they just filmed, finished filming. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't expect to see much out of this anyway. We'll probably get a full t- trailer for it sometime around, I would guess, Avengers time or uh, maybe even like Ant-Man time. I would I could see a full trailer. Well, a lot more to come in the intervening months, but yeah, definitely, obviously one we're going to check out week one, so uh, stay tuned for all the Venom news that I doubt there will be a lot of, but we'll get to it when there is. Venom was my nickname in high school. God. So within that superhero realm, this is the week, man. Black Panther is coming out. Uh, By the time this... I thought you meant we're going to go see Fifty Shades Freed again. again. No, not again. Once it was plenty for me. I already saw the climax. Um. Actually, before we get into Black Panther, just want to put a plug in for uh, for our good friend Jared Buckendall. He did he I don't know how the guy does it, but he went to Fifty Shades Freed uh, alone, I think, and watched it just so he could review it. And he did, and his review is hilarious. <laughs> uh, it's one of our favorites so far that Jared's done. So make sure you make your way over to the YouTube channel. You can find him at Jared Buckendall. All the uh, links to his stuff are in the description down below. You might even be listening to us right now on YouTube. So um, when you're done here, just uh, click over to the videos. Watch his Fifty Shades Freed video and uh, have 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 a lot of laughs at some perverted jokes that he had in there. Yeah, and, and if you are listening to us on YouTube, we're right behind you. Turn around, hurry. Seth is going to touch you. I don't know what that voice was. Ha! Yeah. <laughs> oh, Millie! <laughs> Impression number four. I don't even. Does that sound at all like Mickey Mouse? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's you. You would know, especially if you say "ah many" afterwards. <laughs> all right. Well, good. Add that to the bag of tricks. Yeah. Stay tuned for a Mickey Mouse commercial next week. Perverted Minnie or Mickey. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you check out Jared's video for Fifty Shades Freed. That is not what we're going to see this week. This week we are going to see fucking Black Panther. Wow. I don't think there's a fucking in front of the title. This was my number one most anticipated movie of the year when we talked with uh, Jared a couple months back. So it's all downhill from here. Uh, Yeah. If every other movie sucks this year, that's going to be okay as long as Black Panther is dope. Well, I don't hope so. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't obviously don't hope so, but it'll be okay. Um, By the time this episode comes out, we will have already seen it. We're going to the Thursday night premiere fucking super dream lounger seats with a big ass screen and the mega sound it's mm-hmm. gonna be amazing we haven't i haven't seen a movie yet at that theater so it's gonna be just amazing just i'm so excited it's, yes. it's the most excited i've been in a long he, time he's so movies. excited he can only come up with one adjective for amazing yeah it's amazing it's amazing it's amazing 
Um, a lot of people also are excited for Black Panther, if you haven't noticed yet. Uh, right now, it is the highest pre-sale tickets of any superhero movie ever. And it is tracking for about $170 million on its opening weekend, which is huge. Um, it also is tied as the number one best superhero movie to exist yet on Rotten Tomatoes. And that's just not that's not just MCU. That's all superhero movies ever. Black Panther's tied as the top one ever right now. now A what? I just read this article. I didn't share it with you, Seth. Can you tell me what movie is it tied with? I think the obvious answer answer is is Dark Knight, but I doubt it. Superman two. Nope. Is it the first Spider Man? It is not the first. Spider-Man. Okay, thank God. Um, hey, <laughs> that movie should be a hundred for one thing. X Men. It's not X Men. Fuck. Good thing we're not playing our our bet on this one. Our so <laughs> our so host game. Um, shit balls. I don't know. I really don't know. The answer. So tied with Black Panther as the top superhero movie ever made is The Incredibles. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> Why isn't that fair? Because that's fucking. That's an animated movie. It's not. It's not a current superhero. I think it counts, man. No, I love The Incredibles. Nah, it's good. I love The Incredibles, but it's not a superhero movie. What? What? It's literally about superheroes. Yeah, but it's an animated. It's an animated. I'm. When you said that, I was thinking like Marvel, DC. Like it's a movie about superheroes. Live action superhero movie. It's a movie about superheroes. What what other qualifiers should there be? In live action. Real. No. no. Comic there book. Are, Comic some, book. Some animated movies are better than That's a live trick question. Movies. You tricked me. I want my points back. You don't get any you no. There are no you had no points because you didn't get any right answers. I should have clarified. No, because that would have given it away. Anyway, Incredibles is the best, and it's better than ninety percent of all well, it's better than every superhero movie other than Black Panther. Nah. So, put some respect on that name. <laughs> I uh, I think that all this excitement around Black Panther is awesome. I do. And I have I, honestly, I have been swept up in the uh, in the swell of this. And I love sort of the phenomenon that this has created. A lot of folks talking about how important this movie is. Um, you know, obviously you have... Now, what a lot of people boil this down to is it's it's a black male it's a black lead in a superhero movie and that is super important it's not the first movie to do that blade had blade did that <laughs> the and and blade had three movies blade was really successful there was a they had they had three movies and people liked him at the time i still like blade but there have been other superhero movies that were led by black people that's not new what's new about this is that it is not only starring a black person, but an entire black cast. And it's set in Africa where they get to actually be African. And it's not like one black guy taking on a million white guys. Like mm-hmm. this is a this is a, a black people movie. Mm-hmm. And there's more there are more elegant ways to say this. But this is and this movie is truly like the director is black. This is a movie made by black people. Mm-hmm. And that is what is so important about this. Not the fact that that Chadwick Boseman happens to be black. Like that's not the idea here. Yeah, and it, and the sounds of it too is the, the actually the the women in this movie actually are are better than the guys. Um, like Denai Guerrero from she's from Walking Dead. She plays Michonne, uh, and then I can't remember who the other person is, but her Denai Guerrero and this other this other woman they steal the movie apparently. So 
Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Um, you mentioned Blade, which like, yes, that starred. Who did that star? Wesley Snipes. Wesley Snipes, maybe. Um, yes, that starred. Uh, you know, a black male lead, but also it it wasn't taken very seriously. Those movies weren't very serious. Where like Black Panther is taken very seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a very serious tone movie, and and it's not going to have that same stigma because like Blade kind of has that same stigma of like a Tyler Perry type thing, you know, where it's, it's like, it's, it's just kind of more of a, a fun, fun, you know, action who cares, like no one cares about this yeah. where people actually care about Black Panther mm-hmm. and people are going to take this movie very, very seriously and look at it as a serious action superhero movie. And people are going to, you don't see a little kid looking up to Blade. No. But you're going to see little kids wearing Black Panther costumes all year. You're going to see black kids. You're going to see white kids. You're going to see all kids wearing Black Panther costumes. Yeah. You know, and people are going to look at this movie and be like, this is what I want. I want to strive towards this. I want I want to make this movie. I want to be be this person. I want to, um, you know, support this movie. It it, it means this this movie does mean a whole lot more than any other really any other culturally significant in terms of just like the the box office appeal and the wide the wide appeal than you know any really anything in the past. Yeah, no, I I totally agree and it's ordinarily I don't like when people are like this movie's so important. It's so important. I think it's like self-righteous kind of and like I don't generally like that kind of conversation. Um but there are times when it really does apply. Mm-hmm. Um I think that um you and I had a conversation the other night about um Call Me By Your Name and about uh, Brokeback Mountain and about how at the time that Brokeback came out, it was a real big stigma and really not something that most people would go to. Fast forward to today and Call Me By Your Name is out and it's 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 much more widely accepted and it's just okay. Like we just like like you went to this movie and mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I still am yet to see it. But like when we were when we were we were obviously were younger and, and immature. But when Brokeback came out, it was like a running joke. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, I bet you like Brokeback Mountain. And now it's just totally normal. It's like it's just a movie that happens to stargaze. Mm-hmm. Like it's and I think that I think that that's another example of of how important representation in film is mm-hmm. and how it kind of normalizes people who are different and not. I don't want to say not the norm, but not the um, majority. And so I think that Black Panther is is as important as any other movie that's come out, at least to me, in my life. Because it's not a movie – every other black person you've seen in a movie is – that's like – it's funny that they're black, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, there's a bunch of white people and they're the one walking in the room like, I bet y'all want some fried chicken. And that's funny. (laughs) You know, or they're like someone's sidekick or the magic black best friend who knows everything and is wise or the soulful guy that lives down the street and plays trumpet. Like they're all these caricatures of what black people are. And Black Panther is the fucking king of a country and not just any shitty tribal country that's poor. It's like the richest country in the world and they're super technologically advanced. And he's like regal and smart and... He is a, a role model to everyone. And I think that is those differences. It, again, it's not just the fact that it's black people. Mm-hmm. It's how they're represented in the movie. And it, it, I think it's very similar to Get Out because in Get Out, you, you took horror, which black people were always represented the same way in horror. They said, you know, 
oh, we're shucking and jiving, and then they yelled something about a bitch, and then they tried to fight the guy and died. Like, that's every black person in every horror movie. And then Get Out flipped that on its head, and mm-hmm. everyone, people were like, yes, this is, these are black people, now I want to go see this movie. Mm-hmm. And I think Black Panther's the same way, because you're giving people someone to look up to. Like, right. when I was a kid, I loved Spider-Man, and Spider-Man was my favorite thing, and I always wanted to grow up and be Spider-Man. But that wasn't as I could never connect as much to that because I, didn't, I don't look like Spider-Man. I was never going to look like Peter Parker. I, I couldn't even like most Halloweens. I never even dressed up as him because I knew I didn't look like him. And now these kids are going to have Black Panther. Like mm-hmm. if I'm a little black kid, it's like I want to fucking grow up to be Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just like you said, everyone, not only the black kids, but all the white kids, too, are like everyone can get behind this. And I, I do. I, I don't. I fully agree with how actually important this movie is. What I hope, and I am optimistic of this, I think the movie will hold up. I think mm. I think that the the reviews are showing, and I think that I trust the the crew behind this movie. Ryan Coogler has been amazing in everything he's done. Uh, you know him probably most from Creed. Yeah, well, he's only done... T- this is his third movie. <laughs> yeah, so I think that they're going to do this right. I think it's going to stand up to mm-hmm. the expectation, and I think it's going to knock it out of the park. I think it's going to be one of the biggest movies... Um, at least for a few months, uh, maybe until like Infinity War drops. Yeah, but uh, it, I think honestly, this is going to end up as a top ten movie this year. It could even hold up against against Infinity War, um, just with because they're going to be reaching for a, a much larger audience with this one. So, um, in terms of like you're going to get you're going to get more people. I think you're. I honestly think you're going to. This movie could break a billion potentially. And overall, like not obviously, but like you know overall overall mm-hmm. box office worldwide potentially break break a billion i don't know that's a that's a lofty goal but we'll see um the thing about it too though is like this this is going to be taken seriously and and that's something you don't typically get but and yes you know it's it's very important because it it, it does star it's an all-black cast basically but it's not going to be sitting there like trying to like get out while again a very important movie and i, and I completely agree with that it was it, the, the main draw was it was about like how black people are treated you know mm-hmm. this isn't going to do that nope no this is going to be a straight up i mean you you could take this cast and put all white people in it's going to be the same story mm-hmm. they're not doing that with this movie um they are throwing in you know african culture and stuff like that which is cool and that hasn't really been shown mainstream in in a in, in a in a widespread way but it's it's going to do this and and show you know that that black people have have a a stage you know they 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 deserve to have this to have this normalcy but also to be celebrated in movies like this too you know so it'll it'll be a, a normal way for people to see this and hopefully it creates more acceptance that way you know yeah i think you're totally right and uh recently coco had a similar mm-hmm. um you know e- even as a person who's not, i have no hispanic or mexican culture in me but um I was able to connect with their story and learn a little bit about their culture. And I, I hope that this has the same effect on people who aren't black. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that and just seeing the excitement just around everybody about this movie has mm-hmm. been really cool to me. Like there are schools uh, like a lot of inner city schools are screenings, renting out entire theaters to take kids to this. And kids are fucking jazzed yeah. for this movie. Like some of the most like have you ever have you seen these videos of uh, teachers announcing to their classes that everyone's going to see Black Panther. Right. They fucking get wild. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's awesome because you never see that. You never get to see that stuff. And 
you know, whether or not, I don't know. Maybe if they told them all they were going to go see Iron Man, they would react in a similar way. I don't know. But, you know, it's just, it's giving all these kids who aren't represented in movies most of the time something to go see. Because, and representation does, it's really important. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I know that when I go to a movie and the characters look like me, um, it, it, it is, it means more to me, you know, um, now, I love all movies, and I love movies that star white people, but there's just some, there's something to be said for a, a main character looking like you. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that a lot of people can empathize with, because I think that, you know, like, for you, you probably <coughs> rarely think of that, you know, mm-hmm. because it's just you, that's just what you're used to. Of course they look like me. Um, but for some folks, and even, like, there are more black people in movies than most other races, so obviously other people have it even tougher, but, like... Mm-hmm. When you can go and you can see someone that looks like you in a movie and you, you relate to them on a deeper level, um, I think that is amazing. And that's one of the reasons I'm most excited to see this because, like, Ant-Man doesn't act the way I would act. Right. You know, <laughs> and he doesn't look or talk the way I would look or talk. But now more people are going to be able to connect with him, Black Panther, that is, on a deeper level. And I think that's probably why it's getting so much swell. Um, but also it's just going to be a damn good movie and yeah. everyone is excited to see it. But that gives it so much more so much more momentum. Um, so I, I kind of agree with what you're saying. I could definitely see this break in a billion if it is great. Mm-hmm. It has to be very, very good. Yeah, the Rotten Tomatoes scores have, is helping it. So Yeah, it'll definitely have a good start after a weekend one. Yeah. So obviously we'll, uh, you know, we're going to get back on the ride home. Uh, we haven't done that since Justice League, which was a shitball. Um, so we're going to do a ride home from Black Panther. So look out for that this weekend on Jared's YouTube channel. Really excited to talk that one. Uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about it next week on the show, but uh, mainly where you'll see our thoughts is on the ride home. So keep an eye out for that video. I know Jared's going to go see it this weekend as well, and he'll have a review. So I'll yeah, he be better. There. He fucking saw Fifty Shades. He better go see that. Yeah, I'll start questioning his taste if he sees yeah. that one. Cleanse his palate. Any, any. I saw. I saw. I haven't watched the review yet. Yeah, haven't watched the review yet. But I did see. Saw Fifteen Seventeen to Paris, which also was a, a shit movie. So. um Hopefully this week he gets his palate cleansed a little bit. <laughs> yeah, here's hoping. Uh, I don't know. We got about from from the time of this, we've got just under 48 hours, and I'm fucking jazzed to go see this. But I actually do have one movie that he could watch right now that he could pal- cleanse his palate with a little bit. Oh, here uh, yeah. you go, Jared. Here's your palate cleanse. Yeah, so it's uh, it's called the Emoji Movie. <laughs> um, no, uh, the Florida Project. All right, so, so some of you might know this from. From the the Oscar buzz that Willem Dafoe's getting, uh, the movie as a whole, though, uh, for those of you who don't know this movie, the it, it's, I, I mean, the the name doesn't really give anything away with this movie, other than it takes place in Florida. Uh, it's a story about a, a basically focus around a mother and a daughter who live in a motel outside of Disney World, which might sound like a really weird and specific uh, plot, but uh, and and not exciting, but it really does. It, it has a whole lot more depth to it. Uh, the mother in this movie. Uh, she's played by played by this actress named Bria Vianinti. Vianinti, I can't pronounce it because she is not an actress. <laughs> she was an Instagram model before this movie and was found for this movie. Um, she plays kind of like this shitty mother who steals things and does drugs, does some other dastardly things that I don't want to give away. Um, she lives in this motel with her her kid, uh, played by. Brooklyn Prince, again, not a very... She's done a couple small things, but she, for being a kid actress, she is pretty good. Um, both are just kind of... like the, da- the, the daughter reflects a lot on the mother. The daughter is very... Just a terrible daughter, a little shitty kid. I, like, the beginning of the movie, I just wanted to hit her because she was just being such a little shit. 
<laughs> it's pissing me off. Um, this movie, though, is really interesting because it it's definitely not a typical movie that you would see. And, and again, that's kind of been the theme of the Oscars this year. Uh, just like movies that try different things, go with different plot devices. Um, this movie doesn't really give you much of where it's going to go. Uh, it doesn't give you much of a plot going plot. We see like kind of a plot structure. Um, it's, I mean, it's really kind of based off of, of two points of the mother and the kid, the, the, the kid has a kind of a view of childhood, you know, carefree, do whatever the hell I want. Um, the, the kids in this are able to just kind of go around town and go to stores and fuck with people and go, go get ice cream, whatever they want and go in the woods and the swamps and explore. It does a really good job of capturing that childhood feeling of, of really exploration. Honestly, then you get the kind of the adulthood of this mother who is clearly has no idea what she's doing with her life. She's pretty young. It seems like, uh, they never give an exact age or anything, but she, she is, she's not a responsible adult at all. And she's, she still wants to have that carefree attitude, but she has a kid and she can't do that. And so she is trying to find ways to survive, but also enjoy her life too. Um, Willem Dafoe, again, I mentioned up front, that's what people know, know this movie for. Uh, he is the manager of the hotel. Um, he, his character is most managers of what you would seem like a hotel or a retail store, things like that. He's kind of, you know, he, he has like a, a hard exterior, but he also has a soft spot for the two main characters. And it's really interesting to see their relationship and, and their, their interactions and, and kind of how he cares for them, but also is wanting to be like a father figure to both of these people um, and, and kind of help them along. So there's some interesting moments where he kind of has to, decide whether he wants to be soft or if he, he wants to, to buckle down on him. Um, in terms of performances, again, I kind of mentioned the, 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 the daughter and the mother for being a first time actress, um, that for Bria Viente, she, she is really good. Um, I was very surprised reading afterwards that she was found on Instagram and that this is her first time acting. Cause she was, she was really good. Again, the daughter Brooklyn Prince is, is very good as well. Um, I mean, you can't expect a whole lot of kid actresses, uh, kid actors and actresses, but she does a good job. And then obviously Willem Dafoe, uh, is the standout in this movie. He does an outstanding job. His character is really deep, um, and, and really interesting to watch. He is, he definitely pops off the screen every time he's on, he's on there and, and you want to see more of his character. The movie as a whole, very, very good. I thought this could have been an Oscar nominated movie. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say a snub. But I wouldn't have been surprised if it was nominated and also wasn't surprised that it wasn't. It's just it's not a, a typical type of movie. It's kind of along the lines of Lady Bird where you're watching it and you don't know exactly where the movie's going to end, you know. And this movie actually kind of ends in a way where you don't expect it. It's just kind of a, an, an interesting ending. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the movie. Definitely I would recommend it to check out, uh, especially if you want to watch through all the Oscar nominations and things like that. Uh, Willem Dafoe, I think, has a shot at, su- at supporting actor. Um, I, again, I, I would be—I wouldn't be mad if he got it. I don't think he'll win it, but I wouldn't be mad if he got it. So, definitely check it out. So this, uh, I think, I heard you say before, really falls in line with the theme of this year's Oscars, which is movies that don't make you feel good on the inside. <laughs> um, so kind of a kind of a dark, uh, a little bit of a darker, maybe not so much as the other ones. No, yeah, I mean, I didn't feel bad. I, I didn't feel great after watching it, but I didn't feel bad either. I, cause I, I heard a lot of people kind of saying, you know, it's it's a 
it doesn't make you feel great because of because of certain things here and there. I was expecting a lot worse, to be honest. So, um, so it's not going to make you feel completely sad. Um, honestly, if it, it was cool kind of seeing the, the, the thing that made me feel good was is when the kid was just being a kid and she was with her friends and things like that. Um, that really reminded me of childhood and just like going out and hanging out in the woods or, you know, hanging out at an ice cream shop, things like that. That reminded me of childhood, which was kind of a cool thing. So, Yeah, that's... Uh... Getting nostalgic for child for childhood always is a is a way to get to you and me, and I think mm-hmm. most people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's fun, and I, I like the sound of the dichotomy between her and and maybe her mom's life, mm-hmm. which is obviously very different. So, yeah, this is this is one on my list, especially for Willem Dafoe, because I have I'm a big fan of his, and I hear he's fantastic in this, and it, and you're sounds like you're agreeing. Oh yeah, for sure. He he, one of the best, probably the best performance I've ever seen him in. Um, I haven't seen a ton of his movies or anything, but. I mean, the, the best performance I've seen him in, um, his, his character is great. And the, his, the way he portrays his character in terms of the, the depth he has with it is, is really impressive. So, yeah. I like it. I got it on the list. Uh, did you see this in the theater or is it on VOD? It's on VOD now. So you could, as mentioned, with, like Jared could go watch it. You could go watch it. It's, uh, you can rent it now on, on uh, Vudu or um, Hulu, uh, not Hulu, but uh, Amazon, things like that. So. Well, there you go, folks. Go check out The Florida Project. Um, by Seth's recommendation. I know I'm going to have to check it out when I get a chance. And that is going to take us to the end of the show. Uh, let's see, what do we got coming up next week? We're going to talk a little bit of Black Panther. Um, uh, we're going to talk Audible, so that's exciting. Uh, anything else that you know that's coming up? I'll be watching my final um, Oscar movie, uh, Roman J. Israel, which I know you saw. Yep. Uh, um, so I'll be, that that's the last one I have for the feature films and all the categories. With he 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 was nominated for supporting actor. So after I lead see actor. that, oh, you're right for lead actor. Yeah. So um, after that, I'm completely done. I've seen all of the the main features. So God, I you're way ahead of you're gonna you have such an advantage going into the, <laughs> the Oscar picks because I have seen way less than you. I keep getting yeah. to see stuff and not getting to. So yeah, I don't count like the animated. I didn't see all the animated. I think mm-hmm. I only saw Coco. Um, but like all of the you know because it's all dramas. So I mean all of the 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 quote unquote live action. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've seen all of the all of them. So yeah. Gosh, well we'll have a, a relatively standard show next weekend. Two weeks from now. You can expect to hear the Oscar special where Seth and I are going to reveal all our picks and uh, then we'll give some of our, our favorites in there too. kind of going. Well, this will only be Oscars, so we'll kind of go in depth about stuff and kind of give our thoughts of, of some of the things. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one uh, and, and chatting, debating a little bit, I'm sure, and uh, really getting geared up for the Oscars, which are on Sunday the 4th. Mm-hmm. Um, so coming right up just a couple weeks so get the last couple movies in that you haven't watched yet um, before the show and uh, you know we'll put this offer out again later but if anyone wants to send us their Oscar screeners their Oscar screeners <laughs> and their Oscar picks uh, we'll explain next week how you can do that uh, and we'll uh, kind of have a little template for you to make your picks so look forward to all of that in the next couple of weeks Uh, But for now, we're going to wrap it up for episode 31. This is the co-host, Cody Michael, for the so-host, Seth Ott, signing off, and we will see you next week. Bye. Keep going. Bye.